Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 51 of Bruisers, Breakdowns, and Beards. It is very early in Monday morning, <laughs> September 6, 2021. Uh, we have, we have yeah. just finished watching the AEW All Out pay-per-view and have been sitting here just kind of talking about it. And we're like, fuck it, we might as well just record uh, our thoughts and, and make a bit of an episode out of it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'll just get the intros out of the way real quick. I'm your host, Michael Reed. Of course, we are joined by Kevin WK, the hair metal heartthrob, Dallas Cade, and Journey Pros, Walter Fulbright. Hey, so, fellas. Welcome, Walter. Hey, what's up? I didn't even know that I was going to be doing a podcast tonight. <laughs> I actually just logged in to talk about wrestling. Yeah. I forgot we were going to do a podcast tonight. It I seems like that. that. that That's the vibe for everything. Everyone's just, just like, didn't face. know we were doing this, but no. here we are. We we just been talking so much and it has had good content. We were like, hey, we got to throw this out there. Yeah, so. this may not be a full episode for y'all, but I mean, it is an episode. Just drink it in, man. Yeah. Um, I you know I think before we get into the all out recap, uh, we certainly want to take an opportunity uh, to acknowledge uh, that the, the wrestling world lost uh, a very important figure this past week, um, Daphne. Uh, passed away it was a it was a very i i don't know what to say on it it's it's a, a really hard thing to talk about um because there was there's a, a lot going on around it um certainly you know i uh, the only thing i can speak to it of is i saw lefisto tweet out that somebody needed to get in touch with the atlanta police department that daphne needed help and then i saw that and somebody in the comments was like yeah she's on instagram right now and sure enough, I hop over to Instagram and, and she was broadcasting and like I clicked on it. I saw her face and then she closed the app. And I think I think she started up another one after that. I don't know. But it uh, it was weird seeing that for two seconds and then knowing what happened afterwards. So um, that part's hard to talk about, I think, at the moment. Uh, the, the only thing I can say is it's it's. It's a terrible loss, and uh, she was awesome. She was an amazing – she was really ahead of her time for for what she was doing in wrestling. I remember that that last year of WCW was relatively terrible, but she was doing some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I thought we'd just kind of share some quick thoughts about Daphne. Yeah. I, I would say – I mean, just – it's a loss. Um, just – I. I didn't know much about her, but I did remember her run in WCW and then also uh, briefly in TNA. 
uh, back when it was back when it was TNA Impact, you know, back when it had, uh, what's her name was running. But it's just it, it's definitely a huge loss. But also it's just once again, I mean, we got to take this mental health thing serious and just check on your friends, man. If you don't hear somebody from somebody from a while or if you feel like somebody mm-hmm. you're losing touch, just reach out. I mean, it may it may take five minutes of your time, five, ten minutes. It might mean the world to someone else. I mean, just we're here for to take care of each other. And, you know, that's what we got to do. We just got to look out for each other. It can happen to anyone. You never know what uh, struggle someone has internally. Uh, you know, we could always be our own worst enemy and no one will ever know. We, we all wear masks. Um, if you ever feel like something, reach out, reach out to someone, reach out to anyone, reach out to me, reach out to any of us. You know, like I, I may not have the answers, but I'm going to listen and I'm going to do whatever I can to, you know, be there for you. So please, I mean, just make sure you have someone in your life that can do that. And if not, like I said, you've got me and you've got us, I believe. And it's, uh, I mean, definitely, you know, there's, there's all sorts of weird uh, social uh, rules isn't the right word, but procedure and things. Like, I'm, I'm the kind of person occasionally I'll just flip through my phone and, and go through my phone contacts. And if there's somebody I haven't talked to in six months or a year, I'll just text like, hey, how you doing? You know, it's it can be as simple as that. Like, um, you know, it, it you never know. It's like I've said, you never know what someone's going through. And, and sometimes that can make the difference. I mean, it doesn't make a huge difference, but it can be the difference between somebody still being here and somebody no longer being here. So, um it, it it was horrible and and tragic and 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 uh, yeah it just check check on your friends check on your loved ones every once in a while especially through this pandemic shit I mean we're still kind of going through it and people being isolated and insulated and it's uh, it can be kind of um, you can be in your own thoughts a little more than is normal and healthy uh, so yeah. Uh, I, there's not a great way to segue from that, uh, but we're going to do our part and, uh, we're going to sit here and talk about, uh, some cool shit that happened tonight that I think would, you know, is a, is a, I think, I mean, I'm speaking, I think she would have appreciated that. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, let's, let's kind of dive into it all out. Just ended what an hour and a half ago, I think Yeah, an hour and a half. it feels like. Just um, before 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yeah. They had to hit that curfew um, so everyone can get home out of there for uh, Chicago curfew or the burbs. Uh, I mean, where do I mean, I think we have to start with, with the debuts. Like, that's obviously going to be the, the headline uh, kind of going forward. But, I mean, holy shit. Like, there was four big debuts and then, like, two back-to-back right at the end. I mean, um, I would say five if we're going to be real. I mean, I would say five surprises, I guess, four debuts. You're right. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I was thinking, like, who am I forgetting? Suzuki? I was thinking Suzuki. Suzuki, Ruby, and then uh, Brian and... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. Oh. And Adam Cole. For some reason, I'm still got Punk on the mind. Like I'm, it's still surreal that <laughs> right. CM Punk exists in this universe as a wrestler again. Like it's, it's still like it's watching Never him. Thought wrestle. I'd see it, man. Yeah, like and he hasn't lost a step. It's bonkers. But yeah. I mean, when you're that damn good, 
would you expect them to, you know, would you expect someone that damn good to lose a step? I don't know, but man, he's still got it. And uh, people say that to just about anybody nowadays, but it has never applied to anybody more in any moment in time than it did tonight for him. Mm-hmm. Facts. Bias be damned. <laughs> I speak the truth, damn it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I just shared this tweet in our, our group chat, but somebody had, and I, I mean, anytime I think like I'm a, a hardcore wrestling fan, somebody just beats me leaps and bounds, but somebody realized that the, the kind of lock up and toss and then punk kind of sliding to a stop was the exact same way that a Bret Harden and one, two, three kid match started like 30 years ago. Yeah, like 1994 on some random raw, and somebody right. happened to remember that and notice that. That's a, that's a hell of a callback, <laughs> right? Just, I'm mostly upset to find out that 1994 was almost 30 years. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I deal with that every day, Walter. <laughs> making me unhappy here. Mm-hmm. I don't know about y'all, but I'm even kind of going off the script here, but. The thing that I keep noticing with this, and I see these people who debut in AEW, and I see the AEW shows, and what makes it so different from some of the other wrestling I've seen for a long time is that the people seem so fucking happy. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like, the same thing. Like, that's the thing I keep coming back to, is I've seen, like... You know, there's people who want to compare it to, like, WCW in 1996, and that has its own place in history because nobody had ever mounted a serious challenge to, you know, then WWF for a long time at that point, not since the territory days. So that was unique, but those people never seemed all that happy to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. In fact, I think Bret Hart's talked numerous times about how, how he didn't want to do it, but you know, Vince kind of, uh, and he regrets, you know, and he regretted it and, and like, and as soon as he got there, he saw what kind of a shit show it was and and regretted it, you know. So, yeah, no, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree, especially Punk's promo, you know, when he debuted, how, how he was just grinning like half the time. And yeah. to go from what that last, you know, what year of his WWE run where he just looked, he was unhealthy, he was unhappy, he was you know, kind of dying to, to a certain extent because of the staff infection stuff to see where he was when he right. cut that promo. And yeah, like, yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like it, everybody looks excited to be there and excited to be, uh, uh, be in that building. That's, that's part of what I was trying to get with, you know, Alan angels. When we talked to him briefly, I asked him what the vibe was like in the locker room. Um, it just it has a it they they have a vibe going there. They just have something different they're doing. I mean, a lot of it is like I th- I think the boys have like a level of control there and like freedom that they don't have at big companies in the past. Yeah, and that alone makes like a huge difference for people who create for a living. But this is all about. I, I've said this in posts in the past, and I've talked about this like. It almost, if people are that happy to be there and are putting that much joy into their work, 
it almost doesn't fucking matter if their angles make sense. It almost doesn't matter if like the storylines are perfect. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for like you to build a seven match like series to put over a 50 year old over like a 25 year old, mm-hmm. like with the Jericho thing. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to do like some of the stuff they do. The structure of the casino battle royal is a fucking mess. Yeah, (laughs) they couldn't. The production team couldn't even keep up with the entrances. I I don't know why they didn't just stay on the ramp and like let them each come by the camera, (laughs) basically, because they kept trying and they kept missing. Like, and you realize like, oh, this is kind of this is kind of sloppy, but it doesn't matter. And I don't know how to, like, really express, like, the joy I feel at seeing that because AEW is far from perfect. There's a lot of things about it that I would like to change. Tonight was far from perfect. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. It was very flawed. But it doesn't matter because the actual joy was there. I mean, I have, like, things that I'd love to see, like, AEW do better at, for sure. There are some very specific things. But at the end of the day, I I posted this that tweet to you guys as uh, to our little instagram channel that we uh that we shared which was uh ruby at the end of the casino battle royal match when she won and when she turns to bryce remsburg and says then says hi bryce and like just the look in her eyes and like tell me that that's not palpable tell me that you guys can't feel like how like just how much this feels like a turning point to me. Am I the only one that feels that like no. this is like it, no, it's palpable. A lot of yeah. a lot of people have been making like I feel like the momentum shifted. I feel like the like all the attention is going to start shifting. I feel like today was the first day of the actual takeover. Like mm. everything up to this point has been like building up to where they can start swinging at WWE, but now they're fucking ready. Yeah. And they're going to start going hard. I mean, they've got the roster now. Uh, they've got, they've got legends. They've got new guys. <laughs> they've, got the they've got, Oh man. Independent, they've got independent folks to help. <sighs> I mean, they've got, and once again, the forbidden door has been opened. So you have new Japan on your side. I mean, we saw that tonight with Kojima. Like it's, um, unbelievable and also suzuki coming oh. out and and for one it's gonna be on free television yeah for one just seeing the name flash across the board i was like oh this is gonna be amazing when it happens in like three months or four months yeah and then all of a sudden he walks out and it's like oh no this is okay well he's gonna stand at the ramp no he's still walking no he's in the ring no, he's shirtless. Oh, they're fighting now. Yeah. And it's like, that's how it went. Like, I, it was one of those things where you're like, oh, this a similar is too good to be true. Yeah. yeah. The, I would not have given any of that shit away. That's yeah. the one thing I would have done differently. I would not have had them get physical. Yeah. Yeah. I boy, agree. did they ever. And, the, the crowd yeah. was singing along to his theme music, too. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's an AEW thing, but I mean, it's, minor, you know, Suzuki's theme music they're singing along to. Like, that's, that's because Suzuki's got the most over theme music in Japan, <laughs> brother. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just, it was, it was surreal. One of my favorite things. So Suzuki starts with the chop, but then <laughs> Mox does his little like bow of respect and then starts doing it. Like, yeah. I love that. Once again, these little things that they add in there have been like, and like Walter and you said, you can't write that. Yeah. And like Walter said, it just, it feels so much more organic and it's like they're out there having fun and they're living 
their best life and doing the best gimmick they can. Like they're happy to do their job again. And just seeing that, like I said, it, it really, it really goes out to the fans. Like, especially a Chicago crowd, Chicago crowds noticed that shit, but so did the world. I'm sure there's people all around the world singing Suzuki song, you know, and singing along to everything. And just, it was probably not Jericho's. That was pretty bad. I will say that that one, that guitar that solo was, thing was, was terrible. Rough. And I, rough. the crowd couldn't keep up with the guitars or the guitars couldn't keep up with the crowd. Cause that was just, it was two different things, two different songs going on there. My only issue with that entrance is that would have made sense if Jericho had lost. Like it was like this symbolic, you know, kind of like goodbye gesture or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it would have made sense. Or if they'd have played him out or something that way, it would have made sense. But yeah, it's it's talking about weird stories. I'm still, I, I think he should have lost that match. You know what I just noticed? Uh <laughs> I made a comment earlier in the night to Walter and DJ about, oh, you know, they're giving them that big live music entrance. Mm-hmm. That means they're going under. I went oh for two in that statement tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Expectations so, were defied, is what you're yeah. saying. Classic wrestling tropes be damned. Also, yeah. the hometown guy won tonight, so that's another trope that has been debunked tonight. Yeah, I feel like AEW's yeah. done that a couple times. You know, uh, Britt, Britt Baker in, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I'm I'm happy if they Pittsburgh. they reverse that trend. I've always hated the the hometown person losing. What if you have two hometown people in one match? Double count out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> count, have the howlets interfere. Have the howlets. <laughs> have the howlets interfere. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I gave. I, I was a little behind the curtain there. That was good. But, no, that was. But I think yeah, it comes down to the fact that the show is like still like a it's a little rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's like it doesn't feel like it's perfect, and by not feeling like it's perfect, it feels real. Yeah, and it yes. and it garners actual emotional reaction. I can't remember, and it's not like this never happens. I definitely felt this way about like. Uh, like NXT TakeOver New York, for example, if you go yeah. back to like Sasha Bailey stuff, I remember feeling that way watching those. Yeah, good Yeah, deal. but at the end of the day, NXT had that energy at one point, mm-hmm. and then they tried to fit it into the corporate television mold, and they fucking killed it, man. Yeah. For a yeah. lot of reasons, they killed it. And, I mean, I guess that's an appropriate metaphor for this because... You know, they had a pre-made, like, star that they had built for years in Adam Cole, mm-hmm. like, ready to go. That one probably hurts more than anything because they never got – the television machine at the other company never got their final product out of it. They, they never got the golden egg out of that goose. Nope. They molded the product. He did great work for them. He was super over. He was ready to build into a star, and that'll never happen to them. Yep. Not well, with them. never say never, but like all the other guys, they weren't getting punk back. They weren't getting, I, you know, Brian had been bounced around there for years. They, they mm-hmm. probably run their course with him. But I mean, they got as much juice out of that as they thought they knew how to. Yeah. And you see that and you compare that to what you feel tonight. These guys are freaking small. All these guys are exact, like sort of an F you to 
the mold that they said they wanted their company to look like, which is they were going to form, you know, football players into professional wrestlers. Not even not professional wrestlers. Let's not even say that because they no, specifically said sports they entertainers. Want, they yeah. want sports entertainers. And now they're doubling down on that, like, in an era in which so much of what we interact with is, like, on the internet and we do the things that we do to connect to each other, the rarest possible commodity is actual real emotion. And to go away from that and try to make something that's even more synthesized and even more fake, I think, is the biggest mistake I think any company has made in the time I've been watching this. Mm-hmm. Period. I, I'm convinced if they could find a way to produce their show without a wrestling ring, they would do it. Or wrestlers. Or wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. If, I mean yeah. WWE does not does oh. not want to do the physicality stuff. Like they, they would rather just cut pro, cut promos all day if they could get away with that. Is They're, it even the physicality stuff or is it actually like the humanness of it is what mm-hmm. they don't want. If they could build their show with like Disneyland, like animatronic fucking presidents, maybe they would. With superhero yeah. cartoon characters, they, they want to be Marvel, yeah. And and mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, I I get the idea, but what are you basing them around? Like, you're if you're cutting out the wrestling out right. of WWE, like I'm I'm not talking wrestling versus sports entertainment. I'm just talking if you've got all these characters, what the fuck are you going to do with all of them if they're not wrestling? Like that's. It's, right. it's it's in your DNA, and you're. And what are you going to do with them it. if nobody gives a shit about what's happening to that them? too? Mm-hmm. Because if none of the shit matters, because they they blow it all up week to week. Yeah, you know, and that's and their characters aren't characters. They're not fleshed out. They're not three dimensional. They're like they're flat. They're archetype at best. They're like they they don't give you anything to attach to, and if you do get something to attach to. It's not because they intended you to. It's because you found it on the internet mm-hmm. or, you know, like an interview that they did that got posted on the internet by some third party or a podcast like us or, and you know, something like that. It's not from them. Mm-hmm. It's not their doing. It's the talent or the way the world works now between, um, you know, a, a, person in entertainment and the medium that is social media like it has absolutely nothing to do with their intent or their design they it it doesn't doesn't happen it doesn't happen anymore Mm -hmm. i i totally agree the one way in which you can compare this to the wcw thing which i was just barely old enough to be like really present for in like the late 90s like 1996 Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that it really, really worked was one of the reasons that really worked is because they took fucking stupid shit like Diesel and turned it into Kevin Nash. Like the reason it worked was because these weren't characters anymore. I mean, yes, they technically were, and the, the storylines were still fictional, but they took the real element of actual humanity like of these people at their core and let them be themselves. There was no more Razor Ramon. There was no more this like racist Cuban stereotype. It was just who he was. 
it was no longer this guy who I guess is like either a truck driver or a truck himself. I don't fucking understand. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gets it. It was a guy. His name was Kevin. You know hey, what tra- I mean? And Transformers that, were pretty big back then. So man, I, if he was, I think they're still big now. They're, they're still, they made a comeback. Are you guys are you guys following what I'm saying here and why yeah. it relates to what we saw tonight? Oh, yeah. Because none 100%. of these people were introduced as characters. They were basically introduced as themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they had character names, but these people were clearly and as a hilarious note, every single one of them is over thirty and every single one of them is under six foot. So yeah. Yeah. And so I think Adam Cole's like thirty two, thirty three. There's so. it's and there's also a level of, of uh, AEW, uh, they know their audience, and they they respect the intelligence of their audience. Um, generally speaking, you know they sure. they they're not trying to repackage. You know, Brian Danielson's music, the the Flight of the Valkyries, like that kicks off. Everybody knows what the fuck's happening. Exactly, right that was something um, that I said the second it hit. I was like, I love that they kept it so that you're familiar with it. But then they also gave it something new and something original, something yeah. that was like that new trap cool. remix. Yeah, Adam, that was Adam Cole, sick. you know, had had his own music, but like they he had a fucking logo ready and everything. Like and Adam he's Cole, still Adam Cole, right there. Right. Well, yeah. and they still made it accessible to the fans too, even though this is the first time they were hearing this. Especially like the yes chance actually went well with the music because the beat was the way the beat was rocking. So everyone kind of went with the beat with the yeses, and it's little things like that. Like they had to know, you know, how to how to kind of play the crowd, and that's one way of doing it. And once again, I mean that crowd. Let me bless Chicago. Let me bless Chicago. Y'all are always a great crowd. You're always loud. If you want something special to happen on video, take it to Chicago because they will pop hard. And they 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 get they deserve their flowers tonight because they they were an energetic crowd for the four or five hour pay per view. This was say they yeah, it was long, yeah. And I mean, unless you try to feed them bullshit, they yeah. won't respond to that. But there's no yeah, bullshit if you're gonna, here. Yeah, if you're gonna deliver anywhere. Do it in Chicago, yeah, because they fucking delivered. Yeah, they didn't try to build this new character. These new characters, it's like all they literally did was ride the wave of emotion of people who wanted to be there, and that passion, and that speaks to every level that we do this. It speaks to Journey's level, it speaks to AEW's level, and like I said, there's a lot of things about AEW that I'm not that I'm not super in love with, but you know, there's a lot of things that I need to change, but nowhere's perfect. For yeah. Sure. I would say, yeah, there, there, there's still room for improvement and there's, they're, they're still, still growing. They're still learning. They're yeah. still a very, very young television product. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's hard to, I mean, you have to give them credit for that. Like people have been holding them up to a WWE type standard when they're a brand new company, they don't have, they don't, you know, granted, Tony Khan's family is pretty wealthy, but they don't have the, they don't have the war chest that that WWE has. They don't have the they're building all these new relationships with you know marketing with they don't have toys, the multiple generations yeah. of history in yeah. this There's, line of work from you know the head of the office. You know, true. Though I think the things that I care about, I don't want to see anybody feel more like WWE. No. Oh, I agree. No, I agree. 
I, just, I, 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 I have I think things that, like I would love to see more black talent in prominent positions. I'll just be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's a thing that uh, there's a couple of people that are relatively like eh, potentially problematic, like on their roster. I'd like to see that get more cleared up. I'd like to see them more like focused. I'd like them to be more progressive. I wouldn't, I hate the fact that they won't do like intergender shit. I think that's a, I think that's a little bit of a, too much of a throwback, but it's more stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. ways in which I would like to see them push the industry forward more yeah. with the position that they have. Mm-hmm. But what you can't deny is that the people that I respect and love, a lot of the people that work there and people who are there clearly are, by and large, pretty happy to be there. Indeed. Yep. And that passion and that real emotion, which is so rare and is so difficult to mine right now. It really is. is, Was really there. There was no question. There wasn't anybody like I feel it. It's not just, hey, a cool new wrestler debuted it felt like people being free it felt like something new something a real true alternative to the sort of like yeah i feel bad because i have friends who you know i have friends who work for the for for the e too and i've always been tried to be that person who doesn't like just like use podcast time to crap on the uh on wwe but wwe has become so synthesized and fake that it's very very difficult to like for me yeah and it's it's shareholder meetings the tv show really is and for us as a podcast i mean the further the less we talked about wwe the happier we were even i mean like you know mike and i discovered that early on and so that's why we switched the formula to independent uh, wrestling and everything like that. And we've been much happier since. And to this day, I think we made the right choice. I mean, here we are, you know, we've been, you know, not just with three B, but our older podcasts, we've been recording together for about almost five years at this point, maybe even longer. I mean, I don't know. And it's like, if we would have stuck with WWE, we wouldn't have lasted beyond two. I will tell you that I will. And that was, yeah. Yep. That was, we, Kevin and I had to sit down and have, and it wasn't, like it wasn't like we like we get along great. It was just like oh, what yeah. the fuck are we doing with ourselves here? You know? We were just we're depressing ourselves. We weren't happy yeah. to do it, yeah. Yeah. It was going Even, through the motions and then like now recording this show, especially after an event like this, like I we were I I believe I'd like to say we were all excited to talk about it, you know? And yeah, yeah. for sure. Fucking tired pumped, as we are, man. Yeah. yeah. Like And this yeah. is coming off a month in which, frankly, just speaking from the standpoint of Journey Pro and every independent professional wrestling everywhere, particularly those that operate at least at a moderate to high level with good talent, is this coming off a month in which WWE basically directly told us to all go fuck ourselves. That everything we were doing was worthless. That there was no path for the people who I work with and try to promote to ever make money with them because they didn't find value in it so i'm just gonna say it'll be the last time i ever like really discuss them the wwe can fucking kiss my ass (laughs) i mean i think it's it's another it's also a stark contrast for me even just personally because you you know mike and kevin can attest to it i was very scared for lack of a better term to say anything derogative about wwe's product or their business practices or anything, because as a potent, like a prospective, somebody who wants to, you know, get a full-time job in this business, like bad mouthing someone who can give you one of those jobs is probably not how you get there. 
and those jobs are very, very rare. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, don't hinder your chances. But, it, and, you know, I feel like if we took the first few episodes that we did almost exactly a year ago now, compared to now, you could, you could, uh, I'm sure they'd attest to this too. I give so much less fucks now than I did <laughs> like a year ago yeah. about the shit that comes out I was of my gonna mouth. Say, yeah, any conversation about the E was, you know, Dallas would sit here and be like, he would play devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. And I would, you know, I would try so hard to mm-hmm. just, even, even for my own sake, to see things positively, you know, for the sake of being positive. But, and and not to not not even to put negative energy out there, but you know, no, I, I, it, there's 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 better places to find that positive yeah. source of energy now. It's like you don't really need to play devil's advocate anymore. You don't need to cater to one boss. There's so many places to work now, and there's so many different ways of doing it, and. Yeah. And the indies, even the indies are alive and well. I mean, there's so many independent wrestlers that are thriving right now, I believe. I mean, the the outlet for working as a professional wrestler these days, I believe, are a lot more open than it used to be a couple years ago, even. I mean, AEW particularly, let's like comment on like there's been some really good stuff that Ring of Honor has done, particularly in how they've taken care of their talent during the uh, the pandemic. Pandemic. A yeah. shocking development considering they're owned by Sinclair Media. I would have not considered them to be <laughs> right? right of all yeah. of all companies. But yeah. good on them for doing it. And yeah. good on them for like doing things like that. But what AEW has done is unfucking precedented in the way that they are basically saying this pipeline is open to independent promotions who want to put on good shows, and that only helps everyone. Mm-hmm. They're giving more guys paydays than have gotten paydays in a long time. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is not something WWE would have done. And frankly, some of the people who end up on Dark probably, I'm like, that person's on TV. Like, yeah. <laughs> and once, but it, at the same time, it's awesome because yeah. like, what we say the what same thing about WWE sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, some of those people, you know, they have now for sure shouldn't. But you know, and I don't wish anybody ill for certain but you know they, they basically like we can't take it as anything but like a slight and you shouldn't either mm-hmm. dallas you should take it as a slight too yeah. like they say they know better yeah. they say that they, that experience doesn't matter they're saying that they can do a better job creating this out of thin air because it doesn't matter if you're good at it what they're saying is it only matters what you look like that's what they're saying yeah Everything they've said is about how tall you are, how old you are, and, you know, whether you're pretty enough for uh, for camera. And if anybody ever wanted to really dig in on the punk rock ethos, let's fucking do it now of, let's not, we're not trying to sell jeans here. Like, we are selling a real human connection and... I was a little discouraged by like what the direction seemed to be. But tonight I realized that like they got like a massive counter blow. And I feel hope that there is possibility for people who just want to be, who want to be wrestlers, who do not want to be animatronic presidents. That's, that's a, a beautiful metaphor for that. Yeah. Oh, the Disney ride. That's awesome. 
I mean, it's kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. It's what they're basically saying. Yeah. Is what they want. Can I, can I make an action figure out of you? Fucking who does kind of, you know, I'm turning 23 this weekend. Uh, I'm six foot four. I'm 240 pounds. And it's almost like a beautiful bit of irony to me that I would far rather work at AEW impact ring of honor right this second than I would at WWE. Like even knowing how great of a developmental experience, the PC might've been, like a few years ago especially yeah but like now it's like how good is it you know yeah they're trying so hard to manufacture you rather than to help you like grow mm-hmm. there's a difference because like there's a difference between helping you grow into a talent that can you know reach whatever heights you can reach and trying to manufacture you into a cog in their machine and that's the direction that they have started to kind of almost embrace and lean further into recently. Whereas you can plainly see on AEW, they are helping people grow and develop. They're not manufacturing anything yeah. other than, you know, sweet merch on their merch site. But yeah, that's different. <laughs> well, and it shows like seeing, seeing these legends come back, you know, seeing, you know, tonight Paul White was fighting um, was fighting QT Marshall, and and like on you know like otherwise you you're thinking like okay this is okay that's about as shitty as AEW can get. But the thing is they weren't at least it wasn't like Big Show like burying some young talent or QT Marshall like they were fighting each other. It's two older trainers and they kind of got more of a qt's crew over because they were getting involved in the match and it's like that's what it's all about is like sting, that was probably sting the helping darby that those three had ever gotten yeah and then like i'll tell you this once again i mean we talked about we've talked about him for last month i would say at this point daniel garcia daniel garcia and 2.0 have been shot to the moon this last month you know like and but a month ago i mean 2.0 is, i think has and been they've lost a shit ton of matches in the process but they don't but look bad but they don't. Their perception is way bigger and better than it ever was when 2.0 was at the Fed. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Garcia, obviously, is, you know, whew, and that's almost, thing. Yeah. almost out of the woodwork. And it, everybody's like, this kid's money. And you just see it plain as day. And it's AEW kind of like do it. They're, they're not instead of like since he's getting through organically or whatever, they're like. We're still going to push them and, and they're they, helping. I'm, they're giving him the tools. It seems like AEW gives everyone their tools while the other people were kind of making them jump at imaginary. They want to make rings. you a tool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're getting on board. The, you're getting on board the cynic train there, Dallas. I love it. <laughs> and while they, you know, their roster will always like, like any company, their roster will be uh, definitely like subject to bloat. Right. where they can't possibly use everybody on television all the time. Here's the thing about the AEW model that really fucking has me hyped. And this obviously has like a lot of implications for what we do. They can keep a bloated roster of people who they use on a regular basis. So they don't have to use them every week. Right. As long as they get them on TV once in a while, those guys can then fill their dates by working the massive number of indies and make money. Mm-hmm. which is something you couldn't do under the traditional old WWF WCW model. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they can now let other people give their guys work. And I can't express like, not just because I want to use them, but that's huge for everybody. Yeah. Because that will increase their paydays when they get on AEW television. That mm-hmm. will increase their bookings. And that's how they can manage a large roster. Yeah. Like, and that's all clearly what their aim is with dark and dark elevation, right? It's getting a bunch of people on TV and then like letting them loose. And now they've got little AEW pipelines all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, raise their stock. Yeah. And it's good for everybody. And that means yeah. your local guys who may not have broken through, like, you know, Dallas, you can get the chance before too long to work like an AEW guy. It won't be that hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. Be like look at several of the people. I mean, just using weekend of journeys and I don't want to go too long. So I know we're there, but how many of those people had worked on AEW in some capacity? Uh, well, I mean, of course, Alan, Alan angels, Sure. Uh, very, a very man. large capacity yeah. for Alan Angels. Uh, moonshine. Very large capacity for Moon- Matt Sedal, who didn't end up appearing, but still. Yeah. Moonshine did. Uh, Shug. Shug has. Um, in a big way. Yeah. Dean Alexander has. Dean Alexander. Yeah. Darian Bankston has. Darian Bankston. Like, um, it's getting to the point. It's like, remember when people, remember when there was more people without tattoos than there were with tattoos? And now that dichotomy has changed. It's kind of right. like that, you know? Yeah, you're right. It's kind of turning around to like, now everyone's getting a chance to work AEW. And you're right. It it really, it, it brings up everybody. And once again, I'm getting people messaging me because everyone knows I'm a huge wrestling nerd. Like all my friends do, but I'm getting friends that stopped watching wrestling years ago all of a sudden coming back and saying, yo, what's up with AEW or what's up, you know, Hey, CM Punk's back. This is cool. I feel like watching wrestling again. Like it's cool. Cause it's bringing back so many people that have given up on, at least for fan wise. I don't know. Even wrestler wise as we're seeing, cause someone came back seven years later, but you know, it's giving people kind of like a rebirth and giving wrestling like this new Renaissance um, that is well-deserved because there's so much talent out there, especially in the Indies and it's giving people hope and, and I and uh, you know Walter, you talked about the punk rock you know, ethos before, and I'm kind of seeing this as kind of like in a music way. This <laughs> this is like when music went from directly physical to now we're getting streaming and digital because now it's so much more accessible to so many other people, and you can finally you know with things like independent wrestling TV and with all these uh, you know in Twitch and so many different platforms. You can have people like Journey Pro, St. Louis Anarchy, and other wrestling feds be able to reach people in England, Australia, all around the world. And once again, it raises the stock in everybody because, you know, the local kids are going to are not so local when you're on the Internet. You know, thumbs and buns, you know, Dallas Cade. There's like I said, there's you have a fan in London. I mean, at least that we know of, you know, it, that's true. That's actually true. It, I have one. This is like a turning point for wrestling, and this is the perfect sure. time to get back into it because there's so much great wrestling out there that's not just AEW. I mean, we had Effie's Big Gay Brunch earlier today. That was just amazing. Uh, the night before, we had GCW, which another banger, like Matt Cardona, like basically like, you know, we, when, when Matt Cardona first came to GCW, everyone thought it was a joke, but then all of a sudden he won that championship and it elevated that it elevated GCW. If you want to, if, if I could say that, you know, 
Like mm-hmm. it brought it put more eyes on it, and then Mox now comes being to GCW. elevated further. Exactly. Yeah, like it's he just came out with a GCW hoodie on tonight, and that wasn't an accident. Yeah, imagine that happening in the WWF at any point in their history. Right? Never. Like yeah. I, I like to think of AEW as it's still a major, like it's a bigger, like almost corporation, but it's kind of now like what Sub Pop Records was. In, in I, it's, you call. know, and it was it was such a big deal in their their formation and rollout, but I, I I don't know if maybe we've not given enough credit to the fact that Cody and the Bucks and and Kenny they have those those executive roles with the company that. That it maybe you know, that it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't all for show like they they've obviously given their feedback as as wrestling veterans of like what kind of company they want to work for mm-hmm. and I, I think you can just see how how AEW operates that that the wrestlers are are thriving in that environment they're not you know it, from the outside looking into WWE it is such a you know, curated thing that, that you have to be, we want you to behave this way. We want you to look this way so that you can sell action figures. So you can get on these TV shows, you know, they, they're, they have a machine going there. That's not necessarily beneficial to the wrestlers. And I think AEW looked at it and was like, it, it's, it's like, we've always talked with you, Walter. There's, there's a better way. There's a different mm-hmm. way. And they're actually, you know, putting their money where their mouth is and doing something different. And holy shit, if you actually have a, a, an environment that wrestlers can thrive in, they start thriving. And then and every, you know, rising tides and, and all that. It's like when Greg Maddox left the Cubs. <laughs> you, you can only <laughs> well, go from just there. The Cubs, that was just the Cubs fucking up. But I'm saying, but that's in a way, that's kind of like how WWE, like they fucked up and they're losing on this talent and this talent's doing infinitely better elsewhere. But maybe they're not fucking up. Maybe they're building exactly the company they want to build. Exactly. Right. But maybe that's what they want to be that I don't care about, which is that I don't want to sell jeans with. I mean, let's talk about, you mentioned this, like, so how does, let's talk about Dallas K. He's right here with us. How does Dallas become famous? Dallas under the traditional like model as it existed under WWE had to become niche famous by having hundreds of matches with other indie dudes and hopefully, you know, and other, you know, indie women and eventually hoping to break through a wall because the one thing we don't need is there's so much content out there. Like the, the, the internet is just loaded with content, <laughs> but a guy who Dallas works had worked, let's say that person had worked on AEW Dark Elevation. And let's say a few thousand people watched that and they became fans of that person. Now they watch our match where that person wrestles Dallas K. Dallas K is the equivalent of the old school music opening act for the headliner. And somebody sees Dallas in that context. And now Dallas is like, made a fan and maybe they seek out other things that that Dallas done. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I like this guy because they'll think because they give a platform to elevate people through that way that has not existed before in the WWE method. You had to wait until that person was fucking fired. Yeah. And hope that so, and hope that they hadn't been on the shelf so long that everybody forgot who they were. Because mm-hmm. frankly, a lot of the WWF guys were just put out 
on the counter. They rotted and then they were released. Yeah. Because they hadn't gotten to work. So nobody had seen them working. Nobody had seen them wrestling. Under the AEW method, you're always working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're not getting booked for, uh, if you're not getting booked for uh, dark, dark elevation dynamite or rampage, then you go pick up some indie days and you keep your name out there and you work. Yeah. And I think you guys all realize like how fucking cool that could be and what that could mean. I mean, I want to use, I want to use AEW guys basically like regularly. I'm going to build myself as a pipeline too, because here's the thing. They're more popular than we are. Mm -hmm. More people know who they are. But it, I, want, it, it, I want to use them to get eyes on Dallas and eyes on Micah and eyes on Fowler and mm-hmm. eyes on Bishop and eyes on Kenny Alfonso and eyes on Wyatt. All those guys. Yeah. yeah. And it, it gives you a, a, a level of credibility. Like, again, like we were talking, if, if, if AEW trusts you enough to, you know, showcase their talent and they know that you're going to, uh, you know, showcase their brand with respect and, and, and uh, they have faith in you. Like that's, that's a good sign. And that's, that's only going to build, you know, and, and soon when we get to the point that they start, you know, who knows, they're going to show highlights of, of somebody's indie matches. And there's, there's your, your journey pro logo showing up on, on AEW programming. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's symbiotic, uh, it's symbiotic in a way that I don't, WWE's tried so hard to have this bubble that they own and right. they can never see past the that. universe <laughs> with AEW, you know, it's, it's like so you said, it's, they won't even let these guys own their fucking name. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's or how have intense the it is. Personal for pages. The longest time. Yeah. For the longest time, exclusivity was the most sought after commodity by these larger wrestling corporations. And now it's taking a very hard reverse to where it's the opposite almost and the only people that seem to be against that grain is wwe it's because it's a return to the territories that they try to destroy (laughs) i mean that's yeah 80 year old fucking republican whoopty shit yeah exactly i I didn't say that i'm sorry guys (laughs) uh you know what though we are obviously way off the uh we're off the pay-per-view but we should talk because i mean we're about 50 minutes into it which we said we were going to be like 30 so that's usually (laughs) how it goes here let's do you guys want to mention any favorite moments from tonight's pod uh, from tonight's podcast uh from tonight's pay-per-view um i could start man that cage match blew my mind between the young bucks and the lucha bros First off, the Lucha Bros entrance was so fucking dope. Like, I really enjoyed it. And I think once again, um, Chicago is multicultural. So having the Lucha Bros come out and having, you know, Spanish rappers like that crowd was into it and that crowd understood it and the crowd knew what was going on. I don't think there's many places that you could have pulled that off, to be honest. I don't you know, there's many. And like Chicago was the one and like it was it was they pulled it off without a hitch. It was amazing. And it gave me a Mysterio at WrestleMania uh, for the world title vibes. Yeah, it was big fight feels. It was really big. And man, just like I said, that that whole match was like, especially with their history, like they've been fighting each other since like, what, 2016 at this point. And like to see where they've come. And this was once again, storytelling at its best. I mean, there was a lot of callbacks. There was a lot of synced up moves that like, you know, that they used against each other. 
Oh man. I mean, just everything about it was amazing. Like when they took, when they got the shoe in the ring with the thumbtacks on the bottom, the first thing I thought was, Oh, there's no way they're going to use that. And they used it hard. I love the shit out of that shoe. Also, Man, props to their guy for throwing it in there like perfectly. It's too bad. That, Matt, was, that was Brandon Cutler, man. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Brandon Cutler. I seriously, both me and my wife were very amazed. We were more amazed at that throw than she like because <laughs> like if Matt would have caught it, it would have been perfect. But like he dropped it. But it's just like we thought it was going to take him a couple tries. Or Debbie was like, "Oh, if it was me, I'd probably accidentally throw it off into that the crowd." Been so funny. Yeah, but like it was like I said, it just lined up perfectly, and that match. And especially like I like that it was a cage match and there was no BS about like the only way you could win. You know, this one was pinfall or submission. There's no escape. So you couldn't climb the cage to escape. You couldn't exit a hidden door and be like swarmy because, of course, you know, in in typical heel fashion, I'm sure Young Bucks would have tried to escape at some point and it could have been a shoddy ending. But the fact that they had to start and finish in that ring with no one else involved, that meant a lot. And like I said, it it really showed and the fans were 100% behind that match. It seemed like there was a lot. It was just, that had to be my match of the night. Despite everything being amazing. That still is the one that's still on my mind right now. No. And I mean, and you know, Walter always talks a lot about emotion. I mean, the end of that match with the Lucha bros celebrating and, and Penta kind of waving to his family to come into the ring and getting to see his kids who were, you know, obviously they're, they're dead bleeding all yeah, over the place bleeding all over the like, family you rubbing your face blood all over your daughter's <laughs> face like but i mean like that was on, a, that was a powerful emotional moment and that was you know that was organic and and really neat and like kev mentioned earlier like they were you could you could see ray was trying to like rush them off the stage yeah because they were already was, behind in time yeah, yeah. but it was a, it was <laughs> such a powerful image and such a powerful like i i think that's AEW gets the benefit of the doubt in that instance. Like that, that was a sincere moment that, I mean, Penta and Ray are, are going to be fucking heroes for quite a while because of how mm. that match turned out. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, well, this is no surprise to anybody, but CM motherfucking punk is back. Yeah. And he wrestled tonight for the first time in seven plus years. And he didn't lose up fucking step although and i'll tell you this i was i was i was almost surprised like i was very surprised that he won because they really made it believe like he could have lost that one and he wouldn't have looked bad because he's putting over young talent yeah and the fact that like we believe that like i mean he went so far to put over young talent that like he would have might have lost his first match back in seven years like i would have believed it like they had us that close to it Yep. Like it was really good. Yep. Those hey, were, those false secret. finishes actually had you thinking that that was going to be the finish. Yeah, I would I would have booked him to lose. Don't tell anybody. I you said, and that's the thing. You I just told the internet, so I don't got to tell nobody. <laughs> See, I feel I feel that way about the uh, Jericho MJF match. I think Jericho should have lost. They booked themselves into a corner. The stakes were too high in terms of Jericho. I don't. So they could. I'm not that a was huge that, but that fan was their of own the, mistake. That was yeah. it. Was a bad feud. Yeah, I'm not honestly. a big fan of the if I lose, I will retire stipulation. I'm not a big fan of that anymore. It's because yeah. then it, it does put you kind of in a box. 
I thought, well, yeah. I thought he really was going to retire because, I mean, he's got That's his what, band. You know, yeah. they got the Jericho crews coming up. Or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chris Jericho is never going to retire. <laughs> he will be wrestling longer than Ric Flair was. I hope he can keep up. <laughs> I mean, because there's a lot of young talent in AEW, man. They're going to put him to work. If he's I not mean, feuding with MJF anymore, I mean, who's next for who's next for the inner circle, really? I mean, who's he? But, I mean, obviously, there's a lot to choose from. But I mean... Uh, here's the thing is that even if he won, he put MJF over with this feud. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. put over every young talent he's worked with. Sammy Guevara. So yeah. it's working. And so if that's his role, then let him keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, man, favorite moment. I, you know, it, I, it's hard. The, the debuts, I think, were all amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruby Soho coming out of the Joker. <laughs> it's funny. So during during that the battle royal there, the the fans were chaining back and forth and there was a really quiet part and then there was like a no we don't uh, like chant that was really loud and it'd be really quiet and then this no we don't i'm like what the fuck were they t- yeah you know, chant- yeah and they fortunately were, somebody they were tweeted responding out, to we are we want tessa. somebody wanted they were tweeting out yeah we want tessa which is I think would have been a bad move if she'd come out as the Joker. Um, I'm I'm glad she didn't. Yeah. Um, Woof. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I there's there's some rehabilitation to her character that she needs to work on before she's going to be on a major TV By promotion her character, again. We mean her actual self. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. her you know yeah human yes. character. Her human character. Her shoot character. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean shoot her shoot character. Uh, oh yeah. But yeah, Ruby Soho coming out it was. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I thought the the entrance music just cutting straight to the chorus was a little jarring, just because I've listened to that song. Yeah, but you, so many times. But I, I mean, we I didn't, this isn't it. the indies, and they were already behind. They didn't want to wait like yeah, thirty exactly. seconds of like a verse to finally get to the chorus um, and let her come out. <laughs> you know, I I kind of I don't know. I think it was on the nose to have her win the thing, mm-hmm. but you know, I I you got to do what you got to do. Uh, but seeing her and Thunder Rosa in the ring together, I was like, "Holy shit! I want to see that match." Yeah, exactly. And and, and they, that's all that they—that's all they needed the to set up. Yeah, and they yeah they killed it. So uh, I'll be I was real. excited for that. I wanted they, Jade Cargill to win. I was really behind I, Jade. I Cargill. was. I was rooting for Jade as well. Yeah. And as soon as she got I, eliminated, I was like, "Well." I guess my second pick is Thunder Rosa. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. they're doing the slow build with her because they got to give her time to mm-hmm. really get her foundation under her in the ring. But once she does, she is so awesome though, man. She's got the, she's got the mic skills right now. I mean, obviously she's got the physique. Like she is strong as shit. I mean, she's, she's strong. I mean, I'm not, jacked. yeah, she she's got hilariously uh, Layla Hirsch. Like she like basically power lifted her out of the ring. Right. Like, it's Gorilla just, press. Yeah. Slam. Amazing I, stuff. I think besides the debuts, I think my favorite part of the night was actually a botch. And that was when, during the main event, when Kenny tried to jump on the railing to do that moonsault and he slipped. Oh, dude. And I thought he broke his tailbone. Right? Sure. Oh. You know. It was a good recovery. It was, yeah. He handled it really well. and That and was like, badass. He was jarring with the crowd, yeah. If anybody can, like, fuck something up and then do something even more badass to, to recover it's from Kenny. it. That then, match was yeah. so good. I, I feel I, bad I, for them because I that match deserved more energy than, yeah. it, than the well, crowd I think, had. Yeah, the crowd, which, I mean, speaks volumes to having that, you know, Paul White, QT Marshall match right there. <laughs> oh, for, the cool down. Match. The cool yeah, down, yeah. If, of, they, if they hadn't spot. recharged from that, but yeah. uh, that, nobody yeah, was going to be able to follow Punk. 
that match but, was but they were definitely there at the end and they knew what was coming yeah i i had a feeling when punk wasn't the main event that we were going to get a debut because in fact i put in our chat like who who was going to be adam cole or brian danielson i i Little know did you both. know you were yeah, getting both. yeah that was and- nuts and Wild. especially before we knew Adam Cole was going to go elite, I guess, like Adam Cole was like, oh, OK, cool. I guess we're just getting him. And then as soon as he turned, I was like, I don't think they would really like end a pay-per-view, especially so high, like with a downer of like, you know, one of the people debuting yeah. heel. And so like, yeah, man, having that extra that was, one come out like, oh, oof, yeah, that one kiss. was good. But I got to tell you, narratively speaking, I don't think Adam Cole is going to be elite for very long oh that's gonna it's gonna implode i think oh yeah i think he's uh deep down he's a little salty about being murdered by his best (laughs) friends so he might have to uh he might he might be out for some come up i don't know i feel like kenny is due for a break like i I could see kenny taking some time off you can also see kenny versus adam cole Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, yeah, yes, we're going back yes. to Bullet Club. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's gonna be happening at some uh, point. So, I mean, somebody mentioned like Jade Cargill as their choice for winning uh, in the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw this out there because I had this thought while I was watching it. The most sensible thing to do for this pay per view was to put over all of these new stars because the entire purpose of this pay per view with CM Punk's return. Mm-hmm. was to grab viewers away from WWE permanently. Right. And so a lot of those people don't know who Jade Cargill is yet. My hope is that they'll spend the next few months like building Jade Cargill for this new audience. But in a way, the sensible thing was to focus on the guys that, on the people that people knew. That's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a very good point. Especially also, Chicago. The winner, I mean, the winner was wrestling the women's champion and like, do you have Jade Cargill beat Britt Baker right now? Like, you, you know, things yeah. like, like, yeah. You, everybody's got to know Jade Cargill, and then everyone's going to know Jade Cargill. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and honestly, you know, the 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 women's division, while it, while still a work in progress, yeah, you're. I think you're right there. Like, who do you have that's at Britt Baker's level right now? She's so other, over. other than Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. She's um, so over right now. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, I I told the guys while we were watching, she's probably the biggest example, other than maybe Roman, who came out of the pandemic era like a multitude of times more over than they were before it started. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thunder yeah. Rosa has a hand in that, too. That's why I thought Thunder Rosa might have won so we can get that rematch. But, I mean, once again, not I'm yet. good with Ruby not Soho yet. winning. Yeah, It's coming, but not yeah. yet. And that's another hometown hero. Even though, you know, Ruby Soho wasn't from Chicago. She's from the Indiana Indiana area. She wrestled so much at Chimmer. And they and I love, once again, that, they, that uh, AEW had no problem saying that. You know, they're mentioning Shimmer. They're mentioning all these indies. You know, like... Once again, WWE would be like, "Oh yeah, they came from parts unknown." <laughs> you know, like they they, they were born wrestling on the stage. <laughs> right? It's gobbledygooker. Yeah, and like it I fell love from that from a parachute right onto the roof of Titan Towers. Yeah, right. everything everything is canon in AEW, and I love that. You know, and it's I love it. But, Hell yeah, I love their canon, dude. Yeah. They've been doing such a great job at establishing their canon. Like they have yeah. no problem mentioning mentioning anything because it doesn't seem like 
to them, it doesn't seem like anything's competition. It's all at one. Once again, Walter said it earlier, they're all lifting each other up. I mean, they're helping boost everyone, you know, all the stuff they've done with impact, you know, I'm surprised they haven't worked with ring right. of honor at this point. You know, I don't know. Maybe it could be a Sinclair thing. If it's coming later. Yeah, exactly. Or a Sinclair thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible, I, but see, I feel like punk is going to be the one to bridge that gap. Dude. Talking like, about, uh, talking about, <laughs> the canon of AEW got me thinking about a really good comparison, which is like an elder scrolls game where there's the main storyline, right? There's the main canon, but there's sprinkled around surrounding you everywhere of different shapes and sizes mm-hmm. are all these little side quests, Factions. all these Easter eggs, all these like uh, world building elements that are optional. Like you can go down this rabbit hole, and it can lead you to something else that will totally change your perspective on the main canon. But you don't have to if that's not what you choose to do. Or you can come back to it later. You know, like mm-hmm. it gives you the option and you don't have to do it in order to keep up. You don't get yeah. lost for not doing it. Yeah. You, you cannot follow the main canon of, you know, certain other feds that we've already bashed right. and name dropped yeah. Yeah. uh that journey easily. pro is hidden on the skyrim map somewhere <laughs> yeah if you dig deep enough you'll find it it's on there there's yeah. a cave to download with, with, a with mod the to decloud the map yeah then you'll find it <laughs> but it's there if you follow the but yeah no i totally agree i think if i'm AEW at this point i wouldn't do a full reset of my stories but i would do a soft reset of my stories and start right now I mean, would you consider would you all this new audience? I would want to I would do that. I think they're going to do it. What were you saying? Oh, sorry. Would you guys consider all out being like AEW's somewhat WrestleMania where I I, in a way they consider it? Yeah. After tonight, I can see that because, like I said, this was one of the best pay-per-views I've seen in a long time. Last year and the year before, too. All out is all out seems to be the one that they aim for the biggest card. So it seems like this is, you're right. And so the next, you know, which will be Wednesday would be, even though it is a continuance, it does, like you said, it would be a good time to soft reset everything and build these feuds, build these new feuds. Once again, we don't need to see MJF or Chris Jericho ever interact again. I mean, maybe years down the road, but that's done now. Nah. So give, give, <laughs> nah. give you know, MJF someone else. Yeah. And, and as we're wrapping up here, I, I, I give credit to them for having hey on Wednesday we're going to have Moxley and Suzuki. They Friday we're going to have in there to get you to come back on Wednesday. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like they they I mean, when was the last time WWE, WWE will did... never tell you what's going to happen tomorrow cuz they don't know. Cuz they don't know. Yeah. I just I I didn't I thought and, about that. I was like, "Oh wow, that's they're hyping up they're like the rest of the And week. they told you the main event for Rampage, which is going to be the match that was supposed to be on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Pac so it's and, like uh, even when they have Friday. to call an audible, it makes sense. Yeah, and they don't bullshit the fans. Like, what? Where's Sasha? <laughs> like, you know, they haven't said anything about that. But, I don't think they know. But that you know, immediately right off the bat, you know, they didn't want to. And it's it's it. We've seen it in the Indies. Obviously, Walter's been affected by it personally. But card subject to change, and AEW didn't bullshit their fans. They were like, look, due to travel problems, Pac, Pac can't make it. And it's and like they made it canon with a pro. I was gonna say they made yeah. it they on the show. We did in storyline too. So love that. And it's like they roll with the punches, and they don't just say, "Oh, I don't know where Sasha's at." We don't even tell you shit. You know, it's like, no, it's 
once again, it's it's playing the intelligence of the viewer and playing to the intelligence of the viewer. And AEW does it pretty well right now. So, Walter, what was yeah. your what did you have a favorite moment uh, for tonight's pay per view? Guys, I think that yeah, I spent so much of that first half kind of explaining like it was in a more esoteric way, but mm-hmm. I think I told you what it was about this pay per view that felt special to me. Mm-hmm. Though if I had to pick one mode, I'm definitely going with that tag match in the cage. That ruled. Man. Yeah, they were good. People were already yelling match of the year from that. And, yeah. and they've already got, they've got Britt Baker and Thunder Rose's lights out match to still continue. There's a lot, a lot of blood in these like match of the year candidates. <laughs> and we don't need it. Like I mean, people but crave this, violence. Yeah, yeah. The story, the story calls for it every once in a while, but I mean, I can see why they did it tonight, but man. Seeing it was the Penta appropriate amount the mask. of blood. It, yeah. was, it was. It was the appropriate amount. Of blood. Oh, it was. Dude, yeah, yeah. The blood, the Penta's blood on the plates of the tag title. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, as he was like, I hope they got some good pictures of that frame right there. Yeah. 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 They, that was, they, uh... that, they're going to use that shit in the packages. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm betting so, money on it. Uh, yeah. There, there are a lot of people that feel like this was a a turning point a um a pivotal moment in AEW's kind of growth and development and then just kind of where taking claim of where we're at you know even even if they they don't view each other as competition i i think the the fans do and and the fans will always pick a side even though if they don't have yeah and i think i think just my market share and and occupying occupying that mind space it's like we're talking about ESPN's talking about AEW, mm-hmm. you know, that's major that's a big news deal. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's exciting. Uh, it's got some exciting potential. Um, I mean, there's just, uh, the, the future is looking awesome. Hell Walter, you got a show coming up next week that we haven't had a chance to talk about. And it's you've got, you know, the rest of 2021. Yeah. It's about two weeks. We'll have two weeks. Time. Two weeks. End of it's next, end, next week. Yeah, end of next week. End we'll get week. to it. But this is yeah. I instead no. I turned your entire podcast today into a think piece. Sorry, about no, that. I love it. No, no this hey, is it's, it's one like thirty in the pieces. fucking morning. Like yeah, I like think pieces. Deep conversations. I like pieces to think. Oh, yeah, see the clock behind me, folks. With. Yeah, <laughs> the clock uh, don't no, lie. <laughs> no, this was perfect. I, I mean, if if you know, if it was just a match by match recap, I don't think. And it this has been your edition of. Everybody after yeah. dark. Everybody who's listening knows what happened on the damn card. Yeah, right, and right. This is true. But I, I do think is for all the all the cool shit that happened tonight. Like it's, it felt historic. It felt special. It felt like a a pivotal moment, mm-hmm. um, in a way that you know the other AEW pay per views have not. And I think the injection of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. It just it it just ramped everything up to like a, a the next level, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's going to be pretty. I'm not that I, I I don't know if more excited is the right word. I just I do feel more invested in in more so than I was before in what AEW is doing. Like I I think I've kind of casually kept my eye on things, and now it's like oh shit, this is really now now we're getting somewhere because the card night. I mean, just from beginning to end, was they were all bangers. Even the buy-in, the buy-in was the best friends and Jurassic Express versus HFO. 
And like, that was a banger of a start that. And once again, it kicked off the show. Like it really, uh, like a lot of people, it got the crowd hyped right before, you know, the pay-per-view started and it got that energy started. Like it was, it was really good. I just, man. And then I'm glad I'm Walter. I'm glad you got to be a part of this. Once again, I think all the times you've been on the show, it's always been like last minute things. And I'm really glad you spent the time to talk with us about it and give us your yeah, insights. Thanks, dude. Well, you know, cause you've, you've obviously got a very deep insight on a lot of this and you have a great insider knowledge of it as well. Same with you, such Dallas a smart guy for the biz, Walter, but Walter's oh, such sure. a smart Walter teaches me a lot. You guys, He's when great. I, when, if one day I can ever hopefully become someone of value to a company and their product, it'll be because of people like Walter, mm-hmm. just so you know, oh, thanks, and it's, man. and it's, and it's not because he tries to make me sound good as a talent it's because he teaches me stuff that's what it's all about and i mean dallas having you on here too and explain you know like it's great to hear you know obviously fan point of views but obviously people who work inside you know who's been through this you know and been through something similar it's great to hear your point of view on this and kind of get that insight uh you know something that mike and i probably couldn't give so i mean we really appreciate you know being able Mm -hmm. to do this stuff oh thanks man hey you guys Uh, you guys are the ones who are like hey you know uh you can you can jump in make this a three-man booth and i was like (laughs) okay thanks thanks for the thanks for the invite and here we are about to be a year later boys yeah i still remember the day you came up to me and you were like hey what's it going to take to be on the show just like to be a guest and then you just kept guesting so we're like you just want to you just want to be a permanent host here bud (laughs) yeah okay Cool fit. Yeah, I'm always happy to do it. What yeah. I the, the the approach I always take when we talk about this is, I always try to bring it to let's all think about what it is we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the critical part. What are we trying to accomplish? And so once you think about it from that macro terms, the rest of it kind of starts to fall in place. Yeah, yeah. and I, I it helps. I mean, I think you know wrestling like anything has has its its share of drama and controversy and you know people people's egos get in it like and if you wait in that part of the pool too long i mean it turns even the most passionate wrestling fan into a cynic or real jaded or you know you you kind of lose that it does the Um, same to wrestlers yeah and it does the same thing with with (laughs) wrestlers so i think what i like is being able to take it kind of like Walter said, take a step back and say, like, why is this happening? Why are we doing this? You know, asking those questions, it kind of helps keep that perspective and it helps keep that passion and energy. You know, that's, that's what tonight was. I I saw so many wrestlers tweeting about how amazing professional wrestling is right now and how fun it is. And especially after having a tragedy a couple days before that had a lot of wrestlers tweeting about, kind of the, the dark side of wrestling and, and bringing up all those, the, the negativity and concerns and stuff like this was, this happened at the, I think at the right moment and it was powerful enough that it's, it's awesome, man. I, I, I'm interested to think where we're going to be a year from now, looking back on something like this. And, you know, obviously what are, what are journey pro shows going to look like in a year? What are, what's AEW going to look like in a year? You know, tonight really did feel like something um, that I, I don't think I don't think we can even really foresee what how how big an impact it is. 
So, uh, I have, yeah, I'm, I can't wait. I haven't been this excited after a pay-per-view since you and I went to all in, like, right? Since all, you know, Walter was there too. Like you get that, you get that, just that vibe, that energy and that after show hype. And it's like, that's, and it took me three years to get it, but here it is again. You know, <laughs> the feeling that yeah. something big was happening. Yeah. Because yeah. what occurred there at all in should not have happened. It was truly an indie show. Yeah. It wasn't back. It was backed with personal money. It wasn't backed by a production company. Mm-hmm. What happened there can't be underestimated as to how, like, what a big yeah. fucking deal that was. The last exactly. time I actually was so invested and so interested in a card was. Like I'm so interested enough to where I wanted to buy it was all in. So I yeah, saw it's... a lot of people who were like, I that shelled out for for the pay per view this time. I'll be interested I to hear what the, the buy in rate. Yep. I mean, uh, I yeah. Well, dude, when you cut when you promote a card that includes Punk's return to wrestling in seven years, you're gonna see a boost in sure. buys. And they and they capitalized on it in a big way and, and yes i hadn't really even thought about walter did. made the good point of building getting grabbing a new audience and grabbing new yep viewers that's and, what it's all about that's yeah. why they threw all their chips into this night that's why they didn't try to sprinkle things around they said nope you're getting all four tonight and for someone who stepped away from wrestling and came back and watched tonight i'm sure their mind must have been blown cuz they i mean it might have been a little overload but that's not a bad thing cuz it gave you a little of everything you got comedic you got some comedic moments you had you know your actual wrestling moments you had your heart you had your like heart wrenching moments i mean there was so many like ups and downs in this but there was at the end of the day like walter said there's so much emotion and that's what you're going for i mean ultimately you're there to laugh, cry, get angry, be happy. You know, you're at, you're there to elicit an emotion and they're, they're there to get an emotion out of you. And tonight they got it. I believe I haven't really seen many like negative words about tonight's show so far, give it a day or two, let, you know, but I think a lot of the opinions are probably going to be really, once again, if it's a WWE fan, it could be them just being mad that it's not WWE. You know, or they're going to say, oh, more ex WWE wash ups or, you know, are going to show up at AEW. <laughs> and it's like, and it's obviously people who've only watched WWE because, you know, not knowing that, you know, Brian Danielson want, was an I indie wanna, guy. I want to hear a WWE fan try to explain how Adam Cole is now all of a sudden washed up. What? Give Booker T a day. I mean, he already like shat on CM Punk's return. Like, let's see. Let's, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He was I like, Booker T got petty as fuck. He was like, and then he started going off on the ice cream. He's like, oh, what's so big about free ice cream? And it's like, you, you he wasn't I, in on the 10 year joke. He wasn't. And like, and that's the thing. Like, it's a bummer to see kind of some people set in their ways because like, there's something really special happening in wrestling right now. And if you can't, if you can't see that at this point, you're. You're seeing the forest from the bushes. <laughs> no. So I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. You know, you know the expression, oh. everything in moderation, including moderation. That's what tonight felt like to me. They decided yeah, including, to forego. How do you get moderation in moderation? <laughs> uh, that's the thing. Everything in moderation, but moderation should occasionally be put to the side. Occasionally you should just go to excess. Oh, yeah. oh, and, yeah. tonight okay. they, and tonight they went all out. Literally, they went to excess. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Uh, that um, pun's not going anywhere. That's a perfect way to end our show. Yeah. Barring um, a Midwest goodbye, of course. <laughs> no, I think we'll, which we'll we already got that shit. We, yeah. we all, yeah. we got our shit in. We we're got about the to hit the 2 a.m. Mark. <laughs> yeah. a solid pun. And we're going to get the fuck out of here at this after hours recording of. I, I need to get one of those keychains. I did not get one. Did you have them at the show? Did you have them at the Lemonade Park show? Yeah, they were. They were. All right, I definitely have to pick up one at the uh, the hidden show that's coming up, uh, the secret show. That if you guys want to know with the location, hit us up. Hit DM us, or you know, you can DM DM any one of us. DM us. You can add us on Twitter. Whatever you got to do. Hit, do hit send a pigeon with yeah. a little message on its foot, and I'll send one back, dude. It's all you good. Can poke us on Facebook. Don't, don't poke. poke us. No, it's 2021. Don't we don't poke. Don't poke us. <laughs> no. No. The, In the words of Suge. Yeah. What's with the poke? What's yeah. with the poke? <laughs> exactly. Suge knows. Yeah. But it's a it's a beautiful after such an event. Like I said, I'm probably gonna barely get some sleep. It's 2 a.m. here. I'll probably I'm still hyped. I'm still worked up. So yeah. I mean, I'm gonna have to play some video games or something. I'm gonna have to do something to lower my self esteem. Maybe I'll play some Rocket League oh, or something. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, if you need to lower zombies. your self esteem, <laughs> well, I guess you don't have a Peacock subscription, do you? <laughs> no, he's got no. a Peacock though. So there's some some. <laughs> You know, mid '90s WWE pay per views. You could really put you to sleep. No, you want to give that a try? Ah, uh, ha, ha, ha. I had to, to get one more jab in. <laughs> more jab. And uh, with that, with that, we're gonna get out of here. Walter, thank you so much for for hopping in with us. Yeah. Um, I'll be excited to hear more about your upcoming show happening later next week. That's gonna be awesome. Um, and uh, yeah. So, I you know, what can I say, folks? Like. This is this is it. This is the tentpole, pivotal market. I don't know. It's two a.m. We're only going up from here, man. Yeah, Yeah. we're to end it strong. Good time to get back into wrestling. (laughs) All right. Uh, As always, folks, thank you so much for tuning in, listening to us. We will see you next week. And with that, later, nerds. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.